Welcome to the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I'm here to bring you a version of spirituality that will uplift you, inspire you, and make you feel good. Your belief system does not matter. Everyone is welcome. And along the way, I hope I will help you to build your own spiritual blueprint that will make you feel 100% good about yourself. This is what I have done for myself, thanks to my intuition. So come along for the ride and let's light up the world. You don't need to be religious or even to believe in God. This is an inclusive and diverse space. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I am uh, very excited about our guest today. First, because he is our first guest, so it's very special, but also because Jose Pereira has a very interesting story to share and a lot of wisdom to impart as well. So Jose, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit, maybe say a few words, and I know it's going to be hard because you have so much to say, but a few words about what your career was, uh, what happened to you, and what do you do now? And then we'll dig into the, you know, the meat of the story. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, my name is Jose Pereira. I'm a former oil and gas executive. Um, I worked a long career in the oil and gas. I worked 35 years. I began my career in Venezuela. I'm Venezuelan-born, made American. And I began in 1985, my career in the oil and gas. By, by the way, I'm in a third generation of oil and gas worker because my father and my grandfather also were workers there in the oil and gas. So I became here in the U.S. at the end of my career, the CEO of a multinational that is part of the Pedesa family, the Citgo Petroleum. So that was the, my end of my career. I was in the pinnacle of my career when I was even going to get retired. And at the end of my career, I, I received a last-minute call to a business meeting in Caracas. And that was supposed to be a one-day business meeting because I was going on vacation. So I was gonna supposed to go back and come the other day. And that last-minute meeting lasted for me five years. So I, I, it, it happened to be a settlement, and we came to be hostess during five years. So that, that is my long story short, my story. Yeah, that must have been a shocker. But we're going to go back to that. But I think you've missed a part of the story, which is that since you've returned, and was that, am I right in thinking that was about a year ago? You, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you have become a fierce advocate for the rights of people who are, um, for a better word, taken hostage. Uh, yeah. But you also have a coaching program to support the people themselves as well when they return yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me uh, talk a, a little bit about that we came back in october last year um, there was a prisoner swap and we came back to the usa due to that and when i came back um to tell you the truth i was not aware about all the situation with the hostage community here in the u.s uh and i began to learn that there's dozens dozens and dozens of american there are um still captain in all over the world. So uh, our family created with another family, there are 20 families, created a foundation called the Bring Our Family Home Campaign. So when I came back, I, I discovered all, for me, that was really a discovery. So barely one month after I came back, we went to Washington because in Washington, they did a big mural with our faces. My face is there. 
And when I begin to see all what was going on for me, at the beginning it was shocking. When I begin to know the families of other, other hostages, so I became a real advocate for, for that cause because I understood that this is something real that is called the hostage diplomacy. At that point, I was thinking that my case was unique, but we figured out that it was not unique. There is something that is happening. There are many countries, unfortunately, and doing this. Name it, Iran, Russia, China, Afghanistan, Syria, Myanmar, Venezuela, Cuba, you know, all that club of countries, they, they, they are doing like a copy-paste among all, all of them. And yeah, we, we have today that situation. By the way, today, today is happening that maybe we have four four members of our campaign. There are uh, their family, uh, their, their relatives are in Iran. They were moved to a house arrest and they're expecting to be released maybe today. Could, could be, okay. so that could be appearing in the news this, this afternoon. So this, I'm gonna, this is a breaking news for you. So it's happening, well, it's, in, 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 yes. it's, it's, in, it's in progress. Maybe you will figure out that very soon. By the way, today I received an invitation because now I advocate strongly to the community. Today I received an invitation to an event during the UN uh, General Assembly in New York. And there's gonna come uh, somebody that, that is from uh, from UK, the Anushi Ashori. He was a guy that was released last year with uh, with Nazanin Sagari Rakhlev. These two guys, Anushi is gonna be with me here. So he's gonna come to be to this event. So I'm excited that there's gonna be a huge event. Uh, uh, they're gonna come former hosts all over the world. So wow. this now is a big community, yes. Yes, and uh, I listened to one of your interviews on a specialist, po specialist podcast about, um, uh, um, is it political? hostage or something like that I can't remember the exact title and it made me realize that actually every um a lot of westerners are being held hostages but not only not just the US um um in circumstances that are very varied you know sometimes it's because they're there on holiday sometimes it's because they're there for business sometimes it's because they're journalists representing their country to try and and stand up and and inform the world yes. so it's a big, sadly, it's it's a much bigger community than people think. Yeah, so yeah, this is, I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I wanted I, I wanted to point out exactly what you were saying and, and before I forgot, because exactly you said it totally right. This is something that people are not aware. It's something that is really happening. It's happening because people think, no, this is this not going to happen to me. This happened to other there, this is totally wrong. Let me tell you now that today I know almost all hostages, even all over the world, because now we are connected. I can tell you that I'm connected with hostages have been in Australia, in UK, in Belgium, in France, all over, chat. Uh, we are connected. We are kind of a family today. So that is a wrong perception because when you go to see the trend, businessman that was in a business trip, Guys that were in a conference, uh, environmentalists that were in in, a, in some environmental thing in, in that country, human rights advocates, journalists, normal people do, do doing normal thing. They get caught in the middle because has the wrong passport, the wrong passport. In the, they're in the wrong place. 
in the wrong moment. So this is something that I, I want to raise the awareness and the people that are hearing this, this is something that can happen to anybody. Mm. Okay. And I think it's an, it's an important point that I heard on the podcast and then we'll get to why I have invited you on the spirituality podcast in particular, because um, I, you stroke me when we had a small conversation, when I was considering you for a guest as someone incredibly positive. And um, I don't know if, if you were always that positive. I, I have a guess that you are, you were, and um and I thought there should be a lot of gold that you can share with us on how you coped with such a difficult situation. Um, because I, I reflected a lot on our little chat the other day and, and, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation now. Um, what you've experienced can be translated in other areas for people who don't necessarily, um, were not necessarily taken as hostages. Correct. It could be uh, that uh, you lose your job in a very dramatic way, or it could be that you're in a domestic abuse situation mm -hmm. or things that are or that your child is suicidal and you have to for six months, a year or whatever, you might even lose that child to to suicide. So um, I feel that whatever you have learned uh, and are so keen to share can actually benefit for a lot of people. And I believe, so I know that you're religious and it's quite interesting because most, I'm not, I can't really say who my audience is gonna be, but I feel that there's gonna be a mix of religious atheists and people in the middle who call themselves spiritual. But for the most part, mm -hmm. I'm going to assume because that's my intent that they're at the start of their journey. Well, let so, me tell you. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, continue, continue to. You're saying that so well that I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> well, you are the guest. I'm just here to to get the gold out of you. <laughs> if you don't mind me saying it this way. Um, if I can, I'm, I hope I can. So one of the first questions I want to ask um, is, do you think that your faith deepened from that experience? Well, you, you, your introduction was so wonderful that I was delighted, okay? Because let me tell you, you said it so well, what you said. This is something that, that, that can be replicated in any event in your life. So this is something that I learned, and that's part of the thing that I decided to convert in a coaching program. Because why? Because adversity, first of all, will never announce it. It will appear in your life suddenly like this. So in my case, I went to a trip, and boom happen this situation. But it can happen, like you said, you lose your job, you receive a phone call. By the way, my, my wife says the other day something that shocked me. Adversity always comes with a phone call. I oh. never thought about that. When you receive a phone call, then somebody passed away. When you receive a phone call, then you're fired. When you receive a phone call from the doctor, then you're having a cancer. When you receive a phone call, then you have a, your son had a car crash. So Every, everything always comes with a phone call. So that happened to me. I received a phone call, went to a trip, and went into, to jail. So that thing, when it happens, you got like a wow. So the first reaction is, no, no, this is not happening to me. This is a mistake. This is not happening to me. This is, everybody denies it. Everybody. Nobody's prepared for this. Then comes the second reaction. This, you begin to accept that that situation is happening to you. 
This, this is normal in every human being. Any adversity, you first deny it, and then you say, okay, this is really happening to me. And then that comes to uh, the third point. That is the decision. You decide how you decided to overcome it. How you decided to, to, to take it. If you decided to go in the wrong way and you begin you begin to begin depression, anxiety, all the stuff, or you decided to really decide, hey, I'm gonna transcend this. And that is the the, the, the change. And, and coming back to your, your your question about the positivity, yes, I was a guy all my life positive. All my life. Everybody that knows me knows that I have been super positive all my life. By the way, my wife always complained with me that I was kind of naive with the people because I really always have thought that the people are good in a sense, okay? So that, to tell you the truth, that helped me a lot because in that situation, having a positive mindset is something key. Anything in your life, if you have a positive mindset, you're gonna go, it's gonna be easier to overcome the situation. So that, that is what happened to me. And the third question of you about the faith, well, in the beginning, I, I, I'm not going to say that I was su super looper with the faith. I, I was really at the beginning, like uh, I didn't know what this was happening to me. I said, but what did I did it wrong? You know, I'm going to say something here that, that is going to uh, hear kind of hard. You know, days before this situation happened to me, I was going to my office. I had a driver. I was in the, in the back of the car with a driver. And and, and and I was uh, going to my office. There was a pine wood forest, okay? So I was going through the pine wood forest and I saw the, 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 the image and, and it came to me. Wow, Jose, you have a wonderful life. The only thing that you will need in your life is that something wrong happened to you. And one, one week after this situation happened to me. So I don't know if I called it. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. But but the, the thing is that I I I I I I was not prepared for that. So what was that for me the game changer when I began to realize that I needed to have a meaning uh, uh, on this. And it came at some point, and I'm gonna be to have something in this, but at some point we begin to receive books. To read, and there is a book that, that came to me that I always mention it. You will always hear me about this because it's it's my thing. There is a book of a guy that, that that for me was like a game changer. A, a guy that was in the concentration camps in the World War II is Victor Frankl, and the book is the main in a search of a meaning. When I heard, I, I read the book, I said, "God, this is what, what I need. I need a meaning in my life." And, and I understand the meaning was coming back to my family. And coming, you know, in one piece, you know. So in that moment, my faith began to do a boost. And let me tell you, after that, and I, I don't I don't know how to say it. Maybe it was one year after, I don't know when in, in the time frame, but when that came after that, I never lose my faith. And today my motto is never give up, never lose your faith. Because really I understood that that that, that in any situation the faith is everything. Having faith is everything. This, and you say that I'm, I'm a spiritual guy. Today I can say yes, but if you go back to my story, I was not 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 spiritual. Going back to that one one day, going to my to, to my job, I saw 
there is a highway here called the Highway 6. It's a very large highway. highway. Everybody knows Houston is a very large highway. There's, there are a, a lot of churches. And one day I was going through that highway, I saw all these churches with signs that said Bible studies. And I was saying, who is going to be doing Bible studies? Who is going to? For me, what was, was I'm going to say, I, I saw that like ridiculous doing that. You know what happened? That we stayed like four years doing daily Bible studies. We became a very, very high Bible study guys doing it, like three three hours per day. So today I, I can say, yeah, today I'm, I'm spiritual. The first thing I, I did when I came back was going to uh, express that gratitude to God and I went to the church. And today I, I regularly go to the church. But that's today. Mm. <laughs> that was so, so it had it, it had to happen be this situation because this is the another thing that always had to happen something in your life and and let me tell you go, going back to the face this weekend the 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 pastor he said something that the mother he's a very wise guy i love that guy he was saying something that got me really hard about the face he said the difference between who has a strong face and who doesn't have a strong face is a person that has not the faith in God, is the faith of God. So it's something bigger than you. It's the faith on God, not in God. On, on. So that is really the change. That's the difference. When you have the faith in God or whatever is the presence, because you can have faith in, in the universe or when you are your power, I, I I respect that. In my case, I'm I'm a God believer. But yeah, today for me, that that's kind of my motto. <laughs> or faith in humanity, I like that as well. Or faith um, in you know, humanity. Well, by the way, I, I have faith in humanity. I, mm -hmm. I have it. I truly have it. I like your story because I actually believe that I call it the big you, a bit as a joke. Um, and I feel that this is going to go well with the whole spectrum of people who are going to listen. And I feel the big you has a, a great sense of humor. Absolutely. Great. <laughs> like, look at you in your car with your chauffeur going to work, looking at the churches and, and laughing at people who are doing Bible studies only to find yourself in that situation a few uh, months later or at least a year later. So um, I, I, I wanted to ask you one thing. And I think I already have the answer, actually, after listening to and, and finding out more about you, because I did a bit of research on you. Um, I suppose you'd made so many of these trips between America and Caracas that it never crossed your mind, even though it's a well-known fact there are uh, hostages taken in Caracas, just like there are in Colombia. I did find out because I traveled a lot in South America when I was a lawyer, and I had a very good friend who lived in Colombia and another one who came from Colombia, and they regularly told us how dangerous it is, actually, for most people um, because of the state of arrest now I uh, unrest in the country I don't know if it's still the case in Colombia but from what I read on Wikipedia it seems that um that Venezuela is a fairly dangerous country to visit um but I suppose because you come from this country and because you had gone back and forth for so many years it never crossed your mind that it would happen to you am I right 
Yeah, and by the way, when this happened, there was a very unique situation because we were revamping, when this happened, we were revamping a refinery in Aruba. You know, we have, uh, the, the Aruba government have a refinery that has long time stopped and we saw like a good business revamp it to put it in, the, in our, our refineries. So we were having that project and literally I was traveling like two, two times in the month to Caracas, very frequent. I was going, but always was trip back and forward. I never stayed there because even that, I, I was aware about the uh, uh, situation in Venezuela, but I never thought it could affect me because I had security, I have a lot of things. So the problem is that this, this was something beyond that because this was a kind of a settlement of the government because they needed to have cartographs because they're having this big dispute with the U.S. government. There is where really it, 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 many people have asked me that. By the way, when I was there, I always was asked why you came to here to Venezuela to the trip because we never saw the risk. Mm. We never saw the risk because first we were not politicians. The first thing I was, I, I didn't have a, nothing, no clue with the politicians. So I didn't never expected that this could happen to me. And let me tell you today that I know the other cases around the world is the same cases. If you interview any of the former hostages, they never expected that to happen to them because you are a regular guy. They're visiting your dad or your mother or or like a, there's a guy that today's in, in Russia, Paul Whelan, you know, he went in uh, uh, December 30 to uh, uh, a marriage. He was invited to, to, uh, to a marriage. So he flew from U.S. to a, a friend that was married in Russia and was kept and he already has six years there. Can you imagine mm. that? So, the, the, mm. so this is a situation that's beyond you because it's something that is more, more related to politics and diplo international diplomacy. That's why it's called hostage diplomacy. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. It's mm -hmm. at, the, at the same time a bit scary, uh, but at the same time I feel that, um, so maybe this is a question for you actually more than me uh, sharing my opinion about this because my opinion is not that important. Um, do you think it was fate looking back? This is a really hard question, but let me tell you what really I think. I really today think that this was a proof of God. I really think that this was something that for some reason God was preparing us for that. I think that if I if I go back to my life, by the way, in, in, when I begin to write my book that, that is going to be out very soon, it was a thick book. It was like a 400-page book because I was beginning with my story, my, my family story. My, my, my family, I come from a, a third generation of uh, oil workers. And when I revisited my life, I said, wow, God was preparing me for this event. I never thought about it, but he was preparing me for this event. We decided to split the book in three books because it was so thick that it's going to become a trilogy. So my first book that's going to come out is called uh, From Hilo to Villain, The True Story of the Secrecy. Is This is Story. But my second book is going to narrate my, my story. And when the people reading sometime my, my story, they will realize that really I was being prepared for this. 
there were a lot of events in my life that happened that was lightning that this was going to happen to me. And I never saw it. Nobody can see it because it is beyond you. It's like a, you become like a puppet in the, in the, in the, and yeah, if you are asking me, I think this was fake. Yes. Okay. I, I was supposed to have to, this had to happen in my life. Hmm. I like that, that you can see see it through this angle, because for me, it shows that you managed to find the hidden benefits of the experience. And I'm going to assume, but this is still a question, I'm going to assume that you feel you're a better person than you were before this happened. Am I right? Yes, of course. And let me tell you, not, not only that, in the time I stayed there, I had the opportunity you know, I have to revisit my life and I begin to see things that I did it wrong. And 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 it, it, I had a lot of opportunity to revisit my life. And and, and I can tell you, Angie, uh, I I I really believe, wow, why you did this? Why you act this way? You have to do this, this different. So I was thinking and thinking and thinking. And when I came back, I'm not gonna say this is being easy. Let me tell you, this is a very, very strong process for not only for me, for the family. My third book is going to talk about it. So I already have it, right? It's going to come in pieces. But my third book is going to talk about the process you go after you come. Because mm -hmm. can you imagine the following. We were in a cage because we were living in a 100 square uh, uh, foot place, six person in a cage. We didn't have no window, nothing. And we stayed weeks without going outside. No sun, no nothing. So we were literally living and doing everything in a cage. So at some point you come back, it's kind of traveling in the time. It's like the cage. They travel in the time and they put it here. And when you come out, you're in a world that you don't recognize. It's a new world. Your family has changed. Your grandson, I have my grandsons now today here. They, they, when I left them, there was uh, four and five, and now I've grown up, and, and and everything has changed. Your kids, I had three kids grown up, and 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 they got so tired, so stressed with the situation that they said to me, "Dad, I'm done with this. I, I I want to move on in my life." So this is something that really, really is a difficult process, and this is something that today. That's part of the thing that I'm, I'm working to help other families because I know what the process is. Nobody has to tell me what it is. I, I went through it. My wife, wife went through it. And this is real, real complicated uh, uh, to handle. As you might have guessed, I'm passionate about promoting true spirituality in all areas of life, which is why I created the True Spirituality Summit in July 2023. Seven amazing speakers joined me to talk about true spirituality within relationships, creativity, health, money, self-love, parenting, and trauma and healing. The summit is free, so why don't you check it out on the Thinkific platform? I am the spiritual lawyer there, and the URL is https. Column two forward slash spiritual lawyer 
in one word, .thinkific.com. Yeah, no, I can I can only imagine. Uh, and I think, um, I actually believe people who have been through a situation, as long as they've worked through their own issues and that they understand that other people might feel slightly different because everybody embraces these situations in a slightly different way, uh, can really bring something to the conversation and to help other people because um, there is that immediate trust. You've been through it. You will understand things that other people won't. Yeah, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that that, that, that happened to me. And I want to share here. Uh, we were six, and the, the six of us, only two of us are doing things. There's another of my colleague that he's a marathon runner. He's running like a crazy marathons right now, and that the other four guys decided to stay silent and go quiet. I, I, I let me tell you, I respect that. I really respect that because everybody has their process. But I decided to talk from day one. You know, I did an interview what, the, the day after I came. And I, I did an interview with Anderson Cooper and CNN like two weeks after I came. And when I revisited that, that, that interview, I was saying the same thing I'm saying today. So uh, I came like very clear what I wanted to do. So I was like, a, you know, like a wild horse that really wanted to share this with the world. Because, you know, again, I, I feel that behind this is a purpose. I really understood that. And another thing that today I see those signs that I didn't see before. As I said, in my life, there was a lot of signs that I never saw. But today I understood them and I said, oh, this this was happening to me because I had to go through this. Sometimes you don't understand. You have a mission in your life, but to go to the mission because there is a plan to go there, you have to go for some steps. Something that can be good, something can be ugly. Mm. It's, it's, it's what it is. And you it's know what, what you is. say? I, you don't know that about me, but I'm a big fan of writing memoir. I okay. have actually, I support quite a few of my clients who do that. And I feel there's a there's a depth and an understanding of your life when you write a memoir that you can't get any other way because it, it pushes you to reflect, it pushes you to connect the dots, and you can actually find your purpose through the actual process of writing a memoir, even if well, you decided never to publish it. But well, you have. let me tell you, I did it because the way, the way my book is going to come, maybe I, 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 I felt to say this. We begin in like one year after, because the first year was really terrible. Terrible, terrible. Whatever I can tell you is it, inimaginable, the thing we went through the first year. But at some point, there begin to be this big pressure because our family began to do a lot of pressure with the press. And, and, and you know, the situation began to, the UN through there, they intervened. So situation became to be a little bit more relaxed. And that point is that we begin to have books and so on. And they accepted to bring food because we were lack of food. There was lack of food there. So our family began to, our family had managed how to provide us some food. So I, one of my kids moved to Colombia. He was from Colombia sending food to Venezuela. It was a total logistic. So I, I was receiving food five, six days in, in, in the week. Prepare food. When when I begin wow. to receive, receive, prepare, yeah, I have a guy that brought me the food. Yeah, obviously you can food. cook. 
No, no, no. I didn't cook. I, I had a small microwave and I a small fridge and, and those, you know, executive fridge. So I I put there like two or three, four. Like I I had for 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 two or three days, and then what I did is and I put in the micro. And that was my food. That was my food. Okay. So, but I had to put those uh, uh, cans uh, 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 to, to wash it and bring new food. I began to smuggle letters there. The first time I did it, uh, my wife, when she saw the letter, she got scared when she received the first letter. But she decided to do it. And, and you know what? We stayed doing that during three years. So I smuggled 1,000 letters. I have 1,000 letters, a pile of letters. And that's why I, I wrote my book for me very so that's my memoir really my book is my memoir because it was what i was feeling i was yesterday reading one of the letters i don't know i got one and and and, and i was expressing what i was feeling at that moment so so you can you will see that in my book the, the, that journey the transformation when i was uh, hopeless and then i begin to be more hope and at the, at the end i was like you know a, a super hoper. <laughs> hmm. Wow. So um, you said you had a chance to revisit your life, right? Yeah. What did you wish you had done differently? Just one thing that pops Well, attend more my family because I was a workaholic, worked like 20 hours a day. I I, I never was in my house. I, by the way, I, I was kind of crazy. I had like five office offices all over the world, and I was traveling like a crazy all the all the week. So I literally I never saw my family. My my, my daughter that now has twenty six. Someday she said, "Hey, Dad, give me a photo of you to put it in my, in my room to remember your face." You know. So I I I will never do that. And by the way, I. your life here so so i, I... oh say okay well I, I for example my daughter my daughter told me that at some point that please give her a photo because she never saw me so and let me tell you when we came here to the u.s i had by that time a lot of issues with my daughter because she didn't recognize me Today, today I have a wonderful relation with her. Okay. But it was after I came, you know. Hmm. And this is interesting because you know, um, I don't know if you've heard about the book, the five regrets of the dying or the top regrets of the dying, whatever. It's typically not spending enough time with your family. So, in a way, and I'm not trying to be positive for you, but you were given a second chance. Some people, oh yeah, it, they feel that on their dying day, and and I. I feel a bit sad for them, for sure. Um, so you said this extreme experience has changed the way you look at the world. What is the biggest change for you? Today, I I really express gratitude for everything. Today, I can see the small things, the importance of the small things. Today, I'm not the material thing for me. I'm not saying that's not important. But it's not doesn't have that big deal. I said to my wife today, you know what? I I turned sixty one. I want to uh, have a peaceful retirement in the, in the future. I want to be with you. I want to 
have small things in their life. You know, I have a story that when I came back in October last year, we, we were we stayed in a military base during 10 days because they they have a very awesome program to they call the PISA program is to decompress. You know, they we were with psychologists. We, we, they told us that you, you came like a Coca-Cola, you know. So the, if you shake it, so they were they was like uh, opening very smoothly to decompress. So that was the program. And let me tell you, it was really good. We stayed 10 days there. So, uh, and my wife flew there and she stayed with me. So like in the third or fourth day, they invited us to go to a, this place, a, a rock band and barbecue and, and outdoors. And and I was one with one of the military, he was a captain. And the guy told me, hey, Jose, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great. I was with a scotch, you know, <laughs> so I was feeling great. <laughs> and like I said, um, and what is your biggest takeaway? And I began to think, and he said, and I, I looked in the sky and I saw the stars. And I said, you know what? This is the first time I see the stars in five years. Was the first time looking the stars in five years. So for me, looking the stars, wow, that was amazing. So then people don't understand the simple things in their life, like awaking and breathing. It's, it's a blessing, you know? And and today I, I really, that, that type of things, I, I, I'm more, 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 uh, more, um, think more in it. So I, I, I'm more uh, uh, cautious on, in, on on that and, and expressing gratitude, expressing gratitude, mm. definitely expressing gratitude. I mean, if I reflect on my 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 own experience, I do think these um, harrowing times, when they're over, can actually call in more magic than you had before, because there's that sense of appreciation, uh, because you've you've had a close shave, and so you know that you you don't take things for granted as much, do you? Yeah, let me tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here that I, I haven't said in none of the our broadcast, but because this has that spirituality uh, thing, I'm gonna share here. We had an event that I'm gonna narrate in my book, by the way. That we were we were in in one of the most dangerous dungeons there is in Venezuela and, and even in the world. There is the DSC. We were in a third uh, uh, floor basement, and this guy was like a sociopath. And one of the guys that was with me, he could smuggle a small Bible, a pocket Bible. So we begin to read the Bible in a corner with a candle, okay, in the night. And so we were like six guys reading the Bible. With, with, and, 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 and at some point, more people came to read it with us. And one day, one of the guards came suddenly and saw us doing it. And we saw that, that we were scared. We saw this guy was going to punish us. And the guy said, no, no, continue doing it. Continue doing it. Like two days after, that that same card brought us a Bible, a, 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 a real Bible. He said, take your Bible. You can read it. And we begin to read the Bible. You know what happened? That reading of the Bible began to be every day reading the Bible. At some point, we created kind of a church. And, and magically, all that place begin to uh, change. It was something really magical what happened there. Uh, again, this is something that today, for me, 
was something that I cannot explain. But it began to change. It was like the light coming on the over the night, and it began to expand and to expand and to expand. And you know what happened? Days after was a earthquake. Was an earthquake in Caracas. And we were taken out because we were in a basement. We, they took us out to 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 the uh, where where the parking lot was to 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 see what was going on. That night, all the guards were changed. They were gone like this. The other day, none of them was there. They changed everybody there because there was. We didn't know that they were having a lot of pressure with the international. A, a, a penal court in in the in, in the Hague, and and some delegation of the international penal court flew to Venezuela, and these guys felt so much the pressure that they decided to change the guard. So that was a magical event. It was something that it's like I don't know if you have read the Silas uh, in, in the Bible when there was an earthquake and the and the doors of the prisons were open. <laughs> that happened to us. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know the story. I haven't read the Bible Okay, well, you much, have to read it I, because no, that, no, that, that story I'm, happened to us. It was, that's incredible in a way. It but was an earthquake. It happened in earthquake. Yeah. Is it at the time that you also saw the stars for the first time? Yes, yes. The first time I saw it, yes. So it's something that when you, when you see all these events, you say, wow, this is something... I don't know. You can say that it can be uh, the universe. For me, it's God. For me, it's God. Yeah. The hand of God. Because another thing that, that again, I'm a God believer. I respect um, whoever thinks another thing. But today I understand that he was always there. Mm. He never abandoned. He was there. He was taking care of us. He was there. He was there taking care of us. And today I see it clearly. I didn't see it before, but today I see it clearly. So that's got to be a big transformation for sure. Hmm. Can I ask you, what did you find the most useful in the decompression program that you went through after you came back to the U.S.? What was the one thing, if you were going to mention something? <sighs> like what the most important? The most useful. I think was talking about this uh, verbalizing because we, we at some point, you know, we were six guys that, you know, living in that situation was really extreme. Yeah. Can you imagine the the tension that at some point can be at some point, and we really managed it very well. So we never were talking about this because we decided to everybody handle their situation and not to talk this. At some point, they they asked us to have a, like a a collective session to talk about the situation and it was really so healing for us and let me tell you at some point we begin to laugh and make jokes about the situation because these guys were so bad they were like a god of a, a cartoon those you know like the coyote and, and the roadrunner guy <laughs> they were so bad so mean so we really begin to laugh and this, and this guy was saying these guys are crazy because we were laughing do you remember this thing? Wow. So we were really laughing about the situation because, and it was, of course, was a real decompression. Mm. They, they explained to us something that 
they decided to create this program some time ago because when when the people came back from World War II, they came in ships. So they have time to decompress during the, the, the ship. When the people came from Vietnam, they came by plane and they landed in their house, uh, hometown. And some of them got crazy, went through PTSD. So that's why they, this program today is, is in place. It, it's, it's a real awesome program to decompress. Yeah. Sounds like it's really um, doing a lot of good. Um, and in your opinion, what is the process that builds resilience the most? I think having a positive mindset is important. Having being connected to your loved one is important. Being focused is important. Taking care of yourself is important. And, and and really looking back to your inner spirituality is important. I think these five things really are, are the key in any process. And by the way, it's something that today I, I have in my program. Those things that I'm talking today are part of my program. Because I, I decided to convert them in a program. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, so it's only been a year since you, not even that, um, and... I, I'm going to hazard a guess that you're still in the process of healing. How do you make sure that sharing your story is not reactivating some the wound in you, the, the, the part that's not? No, no. For me, for me, it has been really healing. And by the way, even I have been in the, in this day because the book is going to go out very soon. So I have had, I, I had to go back to some of the chapters because the way, as I told you, the way I wrote the book was based on my letters. But I yeah. stopped writing letters like one year before we came because at that point uh, we already were ha having the visit of uh, the, the the U.S. Uh, negotiator, the ambassador Roger Carlson. He was traveling to Caracas, so when they begin to have these one-on-one talkings, our situation was begin more relaxed. So at that point, I was having kind of daily phone calls. So. I stopped the, the letter. So when I came back, there was like a gap and, and during that. So I had to go back and revisit them and write that period. So, but I, ha I had the opportunity. I sit down with my wife and we begin to revisit all the, all the stuff. Let me tell you, the other day, I, I begin to encourage my wife to begin to write her story, her version, the, the other side of, of the coin, you know? And, and yeah. she began to do it. And when she wrote her first, first chapter, she she has a, a store, so uh, she sent me an email, and 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 with a with a draft. And when I wrote that first chapter, I said, "Wow, this is amazing!" And when she came here, she was crying like a baby. It, it came back to a lot of emotions, memories. But then, let me tell you, no, it definitely is healing. No, no, no. For me, this is totally healing. Totally healing. Hmm. Good. And um, I'm kind of curious about your title. You say that um, you call your, your your memoir from a hero to villain. So who was the hero and who's the villain? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that, that's a good story because uh, because when I wrote originally my book was a 400 uh, page book and and was part of my story before this situation happened. Uh, let me tell you, in, in Pedreza, I was considered internally like a hero. Because I I did a, a, a I I wasn't 
there was a big international dispute between Venezuela and, and one major oil company, and 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 I I was the 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 one who handled the, uh, from the operational financial point of view with the lawyer situation. And it was a big win for PDVSA. It was a big big win, big billions of win. And 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 every time I went to a meeting, I was the hero. Everybody, he he comes a hero. So I was treated like a hero in PDVSA. And it was kind of funny when this situation happened to us. If you go back to 2017, all the speech of the guys in the government, we were the billions. We were the worst. All the problem of Venezuela was because of us. So they, they found who blamed everything. So we became, so I said, okay, I was considered a hero, now I'm a villain. Okay, I put the, from hero to villain. That's why you decided to put that. It's a, it's a good title because it, it <laughs> kind of makes you wonder what's going on. Um, but I really like because it. Of that, basically mm. because of that, because uh, it's funny when I went, it, because Pedeves is a total world. You know, it's a big company that unfortunately not today is a mess. Everything in Venezuela is going bad. But at some point, Pedeves was the fifth uh, oil company in the world. So what's a big deal working in PDVSA? So so eighty thousand people, you know, and the, and coming to a meeting and the people say, "Hey, here comes a hero!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I feel like I'm, I'm the hero, and then became the villain, you know. Mm. <laughs> that was the, the reason of the title. Um, I have one more question, and then I also want um to ask you where people can find you. Uh, the, the last question I wanted to ask is, were you able to forgive the people who took you hostage? And before you answer, I really I have a whole episode on forgiveness that's going to come out, whether it's before or after your interview, I don't know. I don't think forgiveness can be forced. And even if we try to force it for ourselves, when we're not ready, it's just going to be lip service. And I also want to say that I... I don't think we should put pressure on ourselves. It has to come naturally through a process of working through everything. And when you say about positivity, I think it's wonderful. But at the same time, I also believe that it's very important to feel all your feelings because if you don't, they stay inside. Yeah. So with this little caveat, were you able to forgive the people who took you hostage? Let me tell you, this is something that's going to feel weird. I never thought about that. Even in, during my five years, I didn't dedicate, I don't know. I, I, I can count with my hands the time I, I, I thought about it. I always said, this guy did this, they're gonna be in the hands of God, whatever. And let me tell you, all the, the, those guys that did this, all of them today are in jail, all of them. All of them mm. are in jail. And, and more is going to come because yeah. this is something that, because this guy has done a lot. Of, let me tell you, uh, Angie, I met there all the political prisoners in Venezuela. It's amazing. We were a separate case, but we met there a lot of political prisoners. And, and, the, and the pattern is always the same fake charge, sham trials, because they were political. Uh, opponent of the government, it, it's a shame. These guys cannot do that forever. At some point, they, you know, it's it's a karma. It, mm. It's a karma. 
He's I'm going to have an them. episode on karma too because it's going to um, happen. It's going to come yeah. to them in some moment. It's going to come to them. But but today, to tell you the truth, I, I I'm not saying that I I I forgot. No, but I don't think of that. I I really 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 I don't have that in my in in, in inside me. I, I by the way, I have a therapist that I, I work with her every Friday, and this is something that she was always asking me because she she at the beginning saw that I could have something very inside of me. But to tell you the truth, I never saw on that because. Uh, I was more thinking in what I wanted to do in my life after this. So I, for me, it became like a meaning, be prepared when I was going out, what I wanted to do with my life. That, that's why I came out like a wild horse running. <laughs> Trying I to love do that. Things. I love that. <laughs> and you know what? In a way, you're showing the example that when you focus on something else, these people don't have a hold in your life. They don't Correct. have that much of importance. You don't need to give them importance. That's but I exactly, suppose it's because you found that meaning. If you hadn't, it would have been probably a lot more difficult. Oh, yeah. To, you have to find to your to meaning. I, I can I can tell the audience that hearing this, you need to find your purpose in life. This is so key. Understand that and, and, and go back to the people that you love because this is something very important. When you're having any adversity, the person or the people that are going to be with you, you're going to be your loved ones. That's they're going to stay all the journey with you because they they care. So so it's so important doing that because you you that makes you the, not to be thinking in what the in your going through. So I was not thinking on that. I was focused in what I wanted to do and what I wanted to do with my family. I wanted how I wanted to come back. I was thinking, I was not thinking to become a coach, nothing like that. That came after. <laughs> but I was thinking that I wanted to do something meaningful in my life. Hmm. No, that's wonderful. And you, and you obviously do. You obviously do something very meaningful. So I want to thank you for being on the show. I also want you to share with us. Um, so I think for your book, if I'm right, you're doing a crowdfunding campaign. Yes, um, it's going to begin in two weeks. Uh, the campaign so is going to... Some people might the... listen to this after it started, uh, okay. since we're recording on the 22nd of August. Um, so in two weeks, it's going to be early September. Early is that September, right? yes. Yeah. Um, and so where can people find you and find out about your book? Um, okay. I have a link tree that is link tree. The link tree and has Jose Angel, because my second name is Angel, that is separated by an underscore Jose Angel Pereira. It's Jose underscore Angel underscore Pereira. That's my okay. link tree. There are all my plans for my webpage is gonna be ready. Today is ready, but it's not finished. Maybe when the this go out, the webpage is gonna be ready. But in the LinkedIn, you can find everything. So okay. I, all my and I will medias. put it in the show notes anyway, so people will yeah, find yeah. it. But and I where, where are you the most? Uh, where are you the most active? Is it what platform? Well, really, I, I'm active in all the platforms. I have a community in Twitter. I have a community in Facebook. I have a community in Instagram. And I have a community in LinkedIn. To tell you the truth, I love that LinkedIn because it's very professional. It's very profound. I love that community. The other are maybe more relaxed. More Facebook for me is a bunch of friends that, that, that have been 
uh, I had a lot. I was a guy very friendly all my life. So that the good and 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 the good thing is that people that was my co-workers during 30, 40 years came back to me and now I have a bunch of friends following me in Facebook that 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 I enjoy a lot with them. The other day we did a a, a Facebook uh Zoom call with my class of 1973. 1973 <laughs> when I was I don't know 10 years, you know. So was kind of is cr- great. But LinkedIn is a very nice one because I have developed a very nice community and I, I have a newsletter where I talk about this. By the way, I begin I discovered in part of my coaching program, I'm 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 putting there a program to help the companies that are having people traveling abroad and having expats abroad because this is something that again I was thinking, God, I went through all this process, so I'm launching that program also. That, that is a, like a travel risk assessment for the companies. That's going to be part mm-hmm. of a new program that I'm putting out there. So you will find it there in my LinkedIn. All 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 this stuff. Okay, so. well, wonderful. Thank you for that. Thank you for coming <laughs> on the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm sure you have found Jose's story compelling and inspiring, and that's what we want our guests to do. So thank you for doing that for us, Jose. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wonderful. One more thing before I go. To celebrate the launch of this show, I'm giving away hundreds of pounds worth of gift cards. If you win, you get to choose whether you redeem these gift cards against my Trust Your Intuition Evergreen training or one um, of my business Akashic Records sessions or packages. So if you'd like to win one of these amazing prizes, there are two ways that you can enter. The first way is that you could give me um, a review on iTunes. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this podcast. And if, of course, you feel that this podcast is five stars quality, then you can rate the podcast with five stars. That would be amazing. But most importantly, I want your honest feedback so that I can incorporate it into future episodes and make it even better. All the reviews are entered into the prize draw, no matter how many stars you give me. Now, unfortunately, iTunes doesn't share the details of who has left a review, so I need you to save a quick screenshot of your review and email it to me at truespiritualitysummit at gmail.com. And if you're unsure of how to leave a review, go to theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash podcast launch for all the details. The other way you can enter is by sharing one of my social media posts about the podcast on Facebook or LinkedIn. Again, to be entered into the prize draw, take a quick screenshot and email it to me at truespiritualitysummit at gmail.com. Do both and you will be entered into the draw twice. And if you didn't quite catch all these details, head over to theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash forward slash podcast launch for step-by-step instructions on how to leave a review and how to enter the prize draw.